0: The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Vern Davis, I am your host on plant profits, I'm hoping that everyone that is listening or that will listen to this broadcast is safe, somewhere safe and doing well. My guest today is an accomplished entrepreneur-minded executive and award-winning accelerator of lifestyle brands. He's created and produced nationally recognized campaigns for some of the world's leading brands, including Nike, Red Bull, and incase. His 20-year work history spans men's, contemporary apparel, sporting goods, and consumer electronics, and retail, I must say. My guest today is Sam Marlano, and he is the CMO, the Chief Marketing Officer of Condescent.
2: Sam, how are you this morning? I'm well, Vern. Thanks for having me. It's a uh, it's a it's a great day, and, and I echo that sentiment. I hope everybody listening is uh, is doing well and safe. I know it's a difficult and trying time for many. Oh
1: yeah, it's uh it's it's been interesting. I tell you, it's it's you know it's August. <laughs>
2: I it's good to know. <laughs> I have to check the calendar sometimes. Unbelievable,
1: Un- unbelievable. Well, hey, look. Thank you for being here, and uh, I look forward to. To, to doing something that <clears throat> I'm very interested in and that's marketing and cannabis uh, and having that conversation uh, with an expert like yourself. But Hey, I really uh, just looking at some of the things you've done. Uh, you, you have a very, very interesting background. And I would almost say, cause I come from a consumer products world. Uh, it's non-traditional uh, in some ways. Tell us about your, your marketing journey a little bit. I'd love to hear about that.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Uh, um, I sort of revel in that sort of, uh, non-traditional or unconventional path. Um, I think there is, uh, there's certainly a streak of that. You know, my, my journey has been one of entrepreneurial pursuits mm-hmm. uh coupled with working uh for and with category leading global brands mm-hmm. um and I'm very fortunate in that I, I I sort of my entree into marketing was uh depending on the perspective uh you know could could be considered unconventional but certainly not um, when you learn that my background began in athletics I know I, I listened to some shows prior to us uh, connecting this morning and and uh, I think you had an Olympion, Olympian yeah, Olympian did yeah pretty great and I, I think I heard, heard some other stories as well. so um, although not not an Olympian, um, okay certainly I, I grew up in athletics and, and cycling in particular and okay. Um, that's really how I learned about marketing through the promotions and sponsorship side uh, at at a very young age. And that is um, when you are an an athlete of note, as you know, uh, you get endorsements and you get opportunities and you learn about contracts. And so that was really uh, at an early age, my, my introduction to, to marketing, you know, sponsors like, uh, You know, I'm out here in L.A. and in L.A. and Southern California, we're we're very active minded, fitness Uh minded. Right. And so, uh, you know, some of the companies that I endorse and work for are um, leaders in eyewear and footwear and apparel. And so uh, you can see that coupled with my CV, kind of how it was. Uh, you move from the outside athletics, sponsorship and endorsement. You see this at the pro level as well. And then you kind of move inside and then work with other athletes. And then I was always very interested in um, kind of seeing the guy behind the guy. Right. So there, there were, as an athlete, you're only as good as your last performance and your last contract. And there was always someone who was um, informing the person that you're, who you you directly interfaced with right and so i was always trying to get a peek at who that guy was, <laughs> was. yeah so, that, so so yeah.
1: going back going back to that i want to pick up on that So you you were a
2: cyclist mm-hmm. at a young age mm-hmm. yeah most of my most of my formative years uh, yeah okay certainly I mean, did, did you did you
1: did you go you went professional at some point
2: i did i yeah. did so as an amateur i mm-hmm. g- uh, three world titles. Okay. Uh, and then, and then turn professional and then professional proved to be uh, a little bit more than I w- was willing to contribute uh, from a, from a time, energy and effort perspective. Sure. But for, for a good, you know, I would say uh, preteen to early twenties, like I, I was fortunate and blessed enough to be able to travel the world two, three, four times over, spend lots of oh. Time, um, That's in great. Faraway places, and uh, you know, they they say uh, you know travel and, and that kind of an experience is education unto itself. So um, I was able to do that at an early age. Yeah. No, did, did Tour de France? No. Um, later on in the story, I go on to uh, head up global marketing for the world's largest bicycle manufacturer. And yes. so you can see sort of the dots being connected there. And at that yeah. point, I got to oversee and manage the contracts for Tour de France teams. So, okay. So while I never competed in that arena, um, it was nice to go over to Europe and, uh-huh. and meet, meet the, the pros and the professionals and the guys super committed to climbing and, and torturing themselves <laughs> up and down those hills, right? And so, um, Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no Tour de France, but um, I got to enjoy it from the sidelines, certainly.
1: So you got the marketing bug from being sponsored yourself, correct? correct. So, you, so the curiosity hit you. It did, and you, and you wanted to figure it out. Now, was the first big thing you did was bicycles in some shape, form, or fashion?
2: Um, it's a good question. Um, so. So in athletics, um, you know, having a family dedicated, it's its not unlike, you know, you know, soccer parents or softball parents or basketball parents, you know, club teams, that sort of thing. Right. It's a it's a family commitment. And so right. by the time I had reached my early 20s, that was pretty I was pretty burned out. Um, you know, I never saw Thanksgiving until, you know, like 26. Yeah. I never had a Christmas at home at, at, until the same time as well. So uh, by the time I reached my early twenties, Vern, I was I was I wanted to be normal, <laughs> and that sounds strange. I I know to many, but uh, I, I I started getting more interested in the friends around me at that time in Los Angeles who were sort of at this nexus of uh, you know early to mid '90s. Uh, street culture, mm-hmm. um, art, music, fashion, sort of convergence, this confluence of, of inspiration and can-do. Um, and so a lot of my friends around me were starting businesses. Yeah. Um, without much sort of academic background, right? They had an intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, they were inspired. And at that young age, you know, I guess the world's sort of like, you know, <laughs> right. And, and, and it just so happened that my friends started really, really inspiring me. And, and I was fortunate enough to run with a group of people who later on went on to be CMOs of, of Converse and award-winning film directors, Academy award-winning film director oh. and um, sort of mini Titans of of apparel and you know this is this is Los Angeles in the early 90s so this is like you know hip-hop starting to pop off Uh and like and like fashion and like streetwear was going on and um yeah that's so so certainly achieving a level of success through athletics that was the first thing um then I, I moved away from athletics because I was so inspired by my friends and Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had an opportunity, I had some money in the bank and I had an opportunity to kind of support what they were doing. Um, so at the ripe old age of about 20, I, uh, I started my first venture, which you won't see on my CV, but um, I opened a retail store. Retail? Yeah. Dude, yeah. That's, a, that's a glutton for punishment. I, I wish you told me that, Vern. A long, long time. Retail's a journey in itself. That is hard work. Listen, listen I don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> I know. It gives me a lot of empathy and compassion for the customers I serve today. But, okay, that's nice. Yeah, a connection there, sure. but, um, but yeah, I, I uh, was a young entrepreneur, um, had my own single store uh, in the, the beach communities of Los Angeles. okay, uh, One of the suppliers that I was uh, a major sort of outlet for happened to be one of my friends. He said, Hey, let's, let's move this party up from more of the, the clandestine kind of, uh, sleepy beach communities and let's get a store and let's go in together in Santa Monica and the high rent." Oh, okay. Uh, and at that time, um, Going varsity, you're going to go to the varsity now. <laughs> from, from the baby team to the varsity team. Um, to the left of me was Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. From across from me was Armani Exchange. Down yeah. The was REI. You know, around the corner was a Nike store. So price per square foot was real big. I was I was you know big shot at 23. Yeah. And uh, you know, learning by uh, sort of firing line, if you will, got yelled at by landlords and cpas and and all of this stuff so this was this was my academic sort of uh learn by doing career so yeah uh so to answer your question athletics led to an interest in marketing uh being burned out from athletics led to an interest in kind of partnering with my friends and what they were doing and um and then so i started retail and that retail in particular was uh men's and women's contemporary fashion so street at the time so think like early 90s beastie boys yeah clothes all of that stuff
1: bunch of cool cool clothes and uh, and wear i think that's 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 awesome that's a great story uh sam i really appreciate you taking us down that road hey we're going to take a break we'll continue our discussions with sam Orlando with Condescent. He is the CMO and looking forward to getting back. I'm Vern Davis. Uh, I am your host of Plant Profits and Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Protus Global is a people solutions firm. Thank you. Be right back.
0: Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots.
2: (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? and smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment.
1: Look for smart pots in close to 2000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
0: The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on cannabisradio.com.
1: Well, hey, welcome back. Uh, we're here with Sam Marlano, who is the CMO of Condescent. Uh, Sam has uh, spent some time just taking us through uh, athletics to the big time retail business in Santa Monica, or, or Malibu, Santa Monica, California, and uh, we're going to continue the discussion. Sam, I, I, I really. Man, you you took an interesting journey it was non-traditional I mean you didn't you didn't go to the Ivy League MBA thing you went to work uh, you uh, you had this entrepreneurial spirit it, it, it seems to be and um, how did you know that market because the entrepreneurial spirit and you started a business you did everything How did you know you were going to be in the consumer communications business yeah the marketing side?
2: Yeah, it, it's a good question. Um, at the time that I, I, I sort of endeavored for these entrepreneurial pursuits, there was, uh, you know, it was a combination of arts and sciences that I had to pick up by by observing and, and yeah. by right. And so, um, it's it's quickly how I learned about authenticity, okay. right, uh, truth, and storytelling, transparency, things that I use today here at Incandescent. Um, and, and, and I was always really fascinated by what motivated people, what moved people, what worked, what didn't work, um, and, and, and why they made the purchase decisions that they were, uh, you know, contemplating at the time. And, uh, yeah, being around those people who were at the time, you know, friends and mentors and I, you know, I didn't realize just how much I was soaking up and and what I was uh gleaning from that process only it took me years before I could be able to look back and say wow you know those people I hung out with and ran the streets with mm-hmm. you know do big things and um I'd like to think that I you know I, I can be you know within that group these days but uh but I was always really motivated by the psychology that goes that goes along with what I do. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's
1: that's a hell of a reason to do it and to be on the marketing side. Now, you, is Candescent the first cannabis play for you? It is. Okay, okay. Yeah. so you've been in this business 15, 16 months, something like that, right? right? You've right. been in this business 15, that's an interesting time, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so during the, uh, the attraction process with Candescent, right, and that whole process... You know, you th- you're thinking you're stepping into this um, this amazing business and this amazing time <laughs> in the business, and then, you know, the last 15 months have been very interesting and very difficult. Now, uh, this business, the cannabis play, is a very difficult business anyway, mm-hmm. and uh, you came in at a very interesting time. So, if I'm condescending, I'm thinking, yeah, this is great. We got our guy, and it's uh, thank God because it's the time I need him, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but what are you thinking about what's happened in the business before March of this year? Right. I mean, it was
2: a tough business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, in all candor, yeah. yeah, I didn't know what I was stepping into. I got it. To be honest, so yeah, uh, it's an interesting story. Um, I often say I didn't go looking for cannabis. Cannabis, you know, kind of found me, right? And so. How I came to Candescent was through what I call the unofficial Nike alumni network, right? And so yeah. uh, in my time, um, through my sort of colored, you know, career, uh, I'd, I'd done a lot of work for Nike, right? And, and, and really kind of connected with good people, you know, both in Portland and Los Angeles. And at the time that I came to Candescent, there was, there was an interim uh, person from Nike in this seat now. And she was, uh, she was leaving for personal reasons and, and she made a phone call to me and said, Hey, I think you'd be perfect for this role. Are you interested? And I said, uh, I was consulting at the time. I said, yeah, I'm interested. You know, I took a look at the brand. I took a look at the leadership. Um, I thought I would, uh, certainly had familiarity within the space and kind of like, you know, the growth and some of the challenges, not all of the challenges, but, uh, uh, yeah it's 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 been a wild ride since then when i came on i think it was late june early july of 2019 um you know Candescent had already achieved uh you know a significant degree of success here in california yeah um, they certainly had eyes on uh you know what we call msbo's right so multi-state brand operators not mm-hmm. just those mm-hmm. um and they were very much in, you know, startup mode. And 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 through my career, I'd worked with various startups, so I kind of knew the controlled chaos.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. With, with uh, that's important. Yeah. Yeah, that's important uh, for for success in the business. Mm-hmm. Now, so I've been in the cannabis space doing what I do at produce people, Protus global people solutions. We've been building companies, you know, putting people into those, those companies for four and a half, five years. And it's interesting. It's what what's interesting is that my background of coming out of CPG brand was everything. I came from some of the largest brands in the world. And it's sacred, right? It's where your value, your value creation comes from. Brands, right? Then I, then I, what I start recognizing here that there's no, there's, there's no real branding uh, early on in this business, this cannabis space. It's just everybody's fascinated with the, the plant and uh, the the growing of the product, and uh, but I, I'm thinking consumers are not going to buy that. They're going to buy a brand uh, at some point, where are we there in, in the industry and where are you at can of uh, uh, really connecting the dots with consumers that there's a value proposition I have for you here?
2: Yeah. Um, well, first look, Candescent and well, let me take a step back. Cannabis as an industry is very, very fast moving as you know. Yeah. Um, so, No sooner do you say something like uh, we acknowledge, you know, 16, 18, 24 months ago that you also have to acknowledge the progress that has been made by some of the major players, you know, in Canada and then certainly Uh here in the States um, relative to understanding the importance of brand. So let me, let me give credit where credit's due. Uh, I I look, I, I look laterally and I see, um, some amazing people coming from traditional CP CPG, right. Coming right. from these and uh, etc., um, right. and bringing that acumen right? Yes. I, to think that I'm one of them as well. So here in California, while that may be true, you know, 24 months ago, you have, uh, you know, sort of expressions of brands that, that felt, um, you know, tribal, <laughs> right. <laughs> in a lot of ways, but, but I'm also seeing, uh, very good work being produced now. And, um, so to answer your question, I think, I think that that landscape is changing. I think the value of brand is being placed for the obvious reasons relative to valuation and and value creation and stakeholder shareholder value for the long term. Right. right. So that's all happening. I think Candescent, I would say, um, was a leader in that, frankly. Right. So, so, uh, we have, you know, within our executive staff, we have, um, you know, varying degrees of sort of CPG leadership background. Mm-hmm. Certainly, um, you know, our our team is stacked with with Harvard and Wharton type people, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so it's uh, very skillful brand marketers on on our staff and on our team. I'm just one of many.
1: Yeah. No, it really, it has changed very quickly because of all the, all the reasons you submitted, Sam, um, man, uh, it had to change obviously. And, yeah. and yeah. so as you, you've, you've, you've built brands in many different platforms, how do you compare building a brand cannabis to other places and other brands and other businesses that you built brands?
2: You know, I just think it's on a, on a sort of different, you know, it's, it's on a different sort of time um, sort of plane, if you will. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's any different, to be frank. Okay. I don't think it's any different. You're, you're dealing with the same sort of psychological triggers. You're dealing with sort of the same subsets of consumers and consumer profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then understanding the market that, you know, which you're competing in and the nuances associated with that. So um, I think... I think you have to have a strong value proposition. I think you have to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. I think you have to fundamentally uh, build trust over time, um, have some consistency and repeatability and how you present yourself so that trust can become uh, part of the conversation. I think the product is, uh, you know, incredibly important as it always is. Um, so I think those are, those are constants. Now, when you're talking about marketing, it's, it's, it's wrought with challenges, right? And regulations and, and, and all of those things, right? That, that I think mm-hmm. probably your past guests have already spoke on. In California, we are um, laden with, with those types of challenges. So it's, it's, a, it's a constant sort of pivot, agile.
0: Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages.
1: Doc Rob, the concierge for better living.
0: Cannabis is just one
1: of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently
0: Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Conf... You got me again. All right. You You got me again. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. Ah! (laughs) Hey, we did it. We did it. Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. Plant Profits.
1: I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protis Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, Protis Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts
0: The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit only on cannabisradio.com
1: Yeah and, and are consumers making uh uh buy decisions the same way as in other uh, no. businesses no. Okay. okay, that's that's well. That's, <laughs> that's a whole other discussion. Now. I tell you what, let's get into that. But let's take a break, okay? okay. Let's right. take a break. We'll continue our discussions with Sam Marlano with Candescent. Uh, uh, Sam is the CMO, the Chief Marketing Officer there. I'm Vern Davis, and I'm your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is uh, fueled uh, by Protus Global People Solutions. We'll be right back. Okay. All right. We're going to roll right into it, Sam. Hey, welcome back. Hey, I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is fueled by Produce Global People Solutions. I'm here today with Sam Arlano, And Sam is the Chief Marketing Officer of candescent in the cannabis space and 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 sam is, is about to tell us all the differences or <laughs> that c- consumers and how consumers actually are making these decisions about buy de- these buy decisions in the cannabis space and how that relates to to uh other ways we all shop so uh sam
2: take it away man yeah you know before the break you you yeah. asked me how, how is it how does it Compare. How is it different than than sort of traditional CPG goods? Yeah. Uh, look, it's it's no secret today that um, for the most part you're doing your research online if you're a consumer, and and you know the the retail space in and of itself is is a point of affirmation, um, and and a lot of those purchase decisions are made in the home or on the phone, on the go, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, because cannabis is so new and legalization has not yet been achieved, you know, nationwide. um, And then certainly within the state of California, there's just being so new. There's just, there's just a lot of education that's still required. Mm -hmm. Right. And where is that education going to come from? It's going to come from the place of purchase. Right. Mm -hmm. So retailers hold a, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of sort of, uh, we have a lot of influence, maybe more so than in traditional retail today. Um, so in that way, it's it's a little bit of a throwback, but things are, uh, as a result of, of, you know, the current sort of state of state, if you will, with what's going on in this pandemic, um, there is a race to to level up, I like to mm-hmm. say, with regards to contemporary retailing and and meeting consumers who are now Uh, more apt to try and find that information that they're looking for online. Right. So in California, you know, bud tenders are very, very uh, important in that sort of paradigm, Right. Um, educating bud tenders, making sure that they're familiar on the, on, on your brand, and then uh, ultimately conveying our message and, or the message of, uh, you know, product fit for their uh, particular needs in store. So we make sure that we take care of those people, and that we're educating those people, and then simultaneously, on a parallel path, we're we're understanding how much more uh, the future of retailing will be uh, sort of reliant on you know what I call PCD, you know, up, curbside, and delivery. Yeah, right? that's that's really where our, you know things have changed for us in the last six eight months.
1: Absolutely, and and that that leads in the pandemic is really uh driven folks to the e-commerce and direct-to-consumer uh yeah. business and, and the, the real thing is is in my mind is how do you keep that rolling after this pandemic and it will be over at some point after this we will know the side of this how do you keep that because that's a great business right that's a I'm sure it's a profitable business or it can be a profitable business. It may be expensive at the beginning, but, um, how, how do you, how do you guys make that part of your regular business and make it attractive? And cause, cause now what you're doing is you, you, the consumers train themselves how to shop a different way.
2: Yeah. You know, fundamentally, because we cannot transact online, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's going to be unique. Right, so the best way we can do from an attribution standpoint is get someone to add the cart, have it ready, available to pick up. Okay. Um, you know, it, my background, uh, and Vern, you'll 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 understand this term. You know, uh, the last decade has been about omni-channel, being yeah. being available everywhere at any time, so that you can um, buy online, pick up, run into Target. You're familiar with this idea of of being readily accessible, making sure that you're meeting the consumer need where it needs to be met. And today more than ever, it needs mm-hmm. to be uh, contactless, it needs to be uh, convenient. And so to answer your question, I think this will be the future of our retailing until we can transact online, you know, mm-hmm. you can see, as you pointed out, which mm-hmm. is, which is uh, you know, traditionally understood as a high margin business right. because, you know, it's vertical. Um, until we can do that, we're going to have to work with our retail partners and continue mm-hmm. to support them in making sure that they're successful in doing what, again, what I call pickup, curbside, and delivery (PCD). So <laughs> that, that, that's, and, and you
1: know, that's what it is. So, so let's talk about Candescent here. Now, um, the, the,
2: when you when someone asks you, well, what is Candescent? What do you tell them? Mm-hmm. Well, Candescent is. Uh, is a couple of different things. It's One, it's a house of brands, right? Yeah. So uh, we're currently made up of three brands that fill three different tiers of our customer shelves. Uh, Candescent, our flagship brand, is is also uh, an echelon. It is a luxury good. Yes. Um, we, we typically- stop- And
1: visually, by the way, Sam, it looks luxury. So nice good. job. Yeah. Nice job.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, we typically sell anywhere between 15 20% higher than our closest competitor. Um, so Candescent as a house of brands is our flagship, you know, the orange brand that you talked about, Candescent yeah. um, Luxury Goods. We have a middle market brand called Good. Um, that is our uh, our light dap Uh you know, California-grown, pesticide-free, you know, we like to say good practices, good health, good times. Mm-hmm. It's, our, it's our, it's our sort of middle market um, brand, a little more accessible from a price point, but also kind of fights in there with all of the other brand names that you you might recognize. Yeah. And just this year within the pandemic, Brian, I'm not sure if you're, you're up to speed on this, we launched our third brand, which is a deep value brand called Baker's Cannabis Co., and Bakers in particular, we actually accelerated that launch by by 30 days, excuse me, 90 days. Uh, again, that time, <laughs> that time. <laughs> it comes together,
1: doesn't it? Yeah, Bakers, I think it's an amazing idea. Tell us about that briefly yeah. because I think it's an amazing idea. It makes a lot of sense.
2: So late last year, we identified an opportunity within the California marketplace mm-hmm. to understanding that we, we sort of sat way above on the top shelf, Fought in the middle shelf, but we're seeing a lot of, of business uh, that we weren't able to capture uh, when we we're when we had our sort of our commercial hats on, Right, we're thinking about um, you know supplying our customer, um, you know making them more successful. We said um, because we're vertical, we're a cultivator, we're we're a processor, we're a distributor. Um, we said, hey, look, we think there's opportunity within our our you know, operating structure to, to introduce a third brand and do it at a way that is going to be of, of high margin, deep value for, you know, high margin for our customers and deep value mm-hmm. for, for consumers. So we had that on the roadmap for summer uh, of 20 mm-hmm. and, and we actually accelerated in January Uh you know, we started thinking about our plans and our on our rollout, and it was actually in February. Uh, excuse me. Uh, point of correction: It was actually in February when the, when we started to see late February when we started to see the early, um, you know, impact here in California, and then certainly in March. And and, and we launched Baker's uh, April 1st of this year. And and the reason why we accelerated that is because uh, we wanted to support one, not only our customers, we are deemed essential, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in California. And so uh, we wanted to support our customers, high margin, but moreover, we wanted to support the consumers that we felt that were most profoundly impacted. Yeah. What's going on with the pandemic, right? People were being furloughed left and right here in California. They were uh, being laid off. And these are, these are, uh, you know, Baker's is an egalitarian brand. It's, it's for everyone. Mm -hmm. So a lot of hardworking individuals and, and these types of customers and consumers uh, are everyday Uh, cannabis users, right? So Uh, we wanted to put a product in their hand that they could, the value value equation was very, very high for them. Um, And so that's why we launched it early.
1: No, and I I love the idea. And, And I'm telling you, when I first got into this business, I started thinking about this business like the wine business. And that I mean what you're doing is looks like, you know, me going shopping for wine, right? It, it which is familiar to consumers, which I think is a very good thing. And I I think what you're doing is you're you're making uh, you're making your brand, your products available to to all consumers that want to uh, partake and consume and in, 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 in the product. And I think I think that's awesome, Sam. I, I really uh, I think I think that's awesome You're doing it. And then you set yourself up that maybe you can take bakers and make uh, and make it a private label and, and build other brands off of it. Right. You never know. So there's there's a lot you can do for other producers. So I think that's awesome. And really, I, Sam, I, it's amazing. We, so much we could talk about. And I've had a great time here with you. And and I, I really want to thank you for appearing here on Plant Profits Uh, in our show and and you brought a lot to it and marketing is a topic that I love to talk about uh, because I know it's important. I know this is where we're going and we're going there faster and faster and faster Mm -hmm. in the cannabis space. And you're a catalyst. Thank you for that. And I wish uh, what you and your colleagues are doing at and I wish you much success and stay safe, my friend. Stay safe.
2: Vern, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis Radio uh, is our uh, partner and an amazing partner. Uh, You can subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the places you get your podcasts. Uh, Follow Protus Global uh, through our social networks, and we're everywhere everywhere, folks. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and and really take a look at how we're building companies and changing people's lives at protisglobal.com. That is P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, cheers, be safe.